You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hello, friends. Welcome. So excited to have you join us here at Treeline. Just excited for another day to gather and worship together and talk about God and God's involvement in our life. And I hope these messages over the past couple of weeks have been helpful for you. I know we've kind of jumped around a little bit all over the place, but really just enjoying sharing my heart and honestly sharing some of the things that God's working through me, that he's teaching me and what God's speaking to me. And sometimes that's the freshest bread. That's some of the things that we as pastors is really can get passionate about sharing the things that God is speaking to us us about. And so I know for me, um, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a big family and maybe you didn't. Maybe you're an only child and you have no idea idea how to identify with that. Maybe you're watching in your Amish and you're like, Brian, you didn't have a big family. Let me tell you about big family. Um, but if you're Amish right now and you're watching, I really applaud you because I'm not sure how you're doing that without electricity and Wi-Fi. But anyway, um, we're just, uh, you know, for me, I grew up big family, two brothers, two sisters, or five kids, um, which seems like a big family, but my mom was like one of nine. Um, actually, my father-in-law uh, was one of nine. So those, those are really really big families. But for us, it was big. And really now I have four kids and I've got four daughters and people are like at home and people are like, that's a lot of kids, man. How, you know, uh, that's crazy. Matter of fact, I don't know if you are familiar with the comedian Jim Gaffigan, who I think really has five kids and me and a friend were, were joking. Uh, he, he also has uh, a few kids as well and talking about the craziness that comes with having a large family. And Jim Gaffigan tells this joke of people always ask, what's it like to have so many kids? And he says this, picture yourself drowning and then someone hands you a baby. And that's what it's like to have so many kids. It gets a little chaotic. It gets a little crazy, but it's a lot of fun. And honestly, I have a lot of re- really good memories, a lot of really great stories um, from my childhood. And uh, one specifically that I was thinking about this week as I was preparing this is uh, this one time we had some people over the house. I'm not exactly sure what it was. I think it was a birthday party. Um, and the really cool thing about my family is all the kids were spread really far apart. Um, so I was one of the oldest kids. I have one older sister. Um, and then the younger ones were, especially the younger two, quite a bit younger um, than me, 11 years actually between me and, and my youngest um, brother. And so uh, really a lot younger and a really cool dynamic when that happens, kind of happening in my family now, and I'm loving it. Uh, but I remember this one time we had people over, and I think we were having birthday cake or something, sitting around the table. I do remember that. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, one of the youngest brothers um, brings us drinks, gets us a cup of water, and was just like, oh, it was so nice. He was so little, and it was like, oh, that's so cute and so nice, and he's just so happy. And he gives us these cups of water, and we're all drinking them. And then all of a sudden, I don't know who it was, if it was my parents, and just kind of on him like wait a minute, this guy is not tall enough to be really reaching up in the cabinet. Where did you get all these cups? And he was like, oh, we got them out of the dirty dishwasher. They were all dirty cups that hadn't been washed. They were all dirty in there, and everyone's like kind of mortified. And there's some kind of remembrance there that it might not even have been faucet water. You can use your imagination where the water came from, maybe the toilet. We're not sure, uh, but it was like everyone's mortified that moment. But here he is just so pleased looking up there, just wanting your approval, saying, oh, man, so proud of you for getting this, these drinks. And even remember another time, 
Um, one of my my youngest brother, um, Brandon, who if you're watching this, you'll, you'll love this story. We talk about it all the time. Um, he was really little. I don't remember what age he was, but small enough that this year it had been happening. We uh, have a couple of uncles that are contractors, and they're up on the roof of our house, um, you know, up the straight ladder on top of the roof working on it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, my youngest brother somehow climbed up the ladder um, to the roof, bringing them two drinks to bring them something. Once again, my brothers just must have all been about service, bringing us the drinks. But you can imagine my uncle's response. They were more mortified, like, don't move, like, how did you climb up this entire ladder, let alone with two drinks in your hands, because I don't think they were cans of pop, I think they were, like, open glasses uh, that they got him, um, and then, you know, obviously helped him back down, Um, but just the, you know, wanting that approval, wanting that thanks of being proud of doing something for you, We, we get this, if you have kids, You've probably got some kind of gift, some kind of Father's Day, Mother's Day gift. Maybe it's been a little bouquet of, of dandelions that just, you know, all wilty and dead and falling over or, or some kind of artwork or you know you've got something made of popsicle sticks somewhere, right? I mean, that's just rite of passage as, as a parent. And your kids are just so proud and so excited to give that to you. And, and I think something that develops on us early on is that as kids, we really do want our parents' approval. We want them to approve of us. And we kind of tie that together that approval, that, that love, right? That that love and approval comes from our parents, and we desire that and want that. Now, some of you are like, Brian, I've got teenagers. Let me tell you something about them when my approval. They want the opposite of it. They could care less what I think, and that might change a little bit in that dynamic as our kids get older, but honestly, parents, even as teens, our kids really do desire that. And I think something that is really developed, and it's something that's innate in us, that even as we grow, even as we age, even as we become adults, we really do desire the approval of others. Now, I know for some of us, there might be two different types of people. Some people are like, I could care less what people think about me. I could care less what people think about my decisions, my lifestyle, what I'm wearing, any of those things. Matter of fact, I just, you know, I'll tell them where they go, what they can do, and how they can do it if they think anything. I don't care. Now, some people are wired like that, and, and God bless you if that's the way you are. But for the rest of us, including myself, we typically care what people think to some extent. Now, there might be different and varying degrees of this, but I think deep down we desire, and maybe it's like, don't really care like what people in general think, but maybe someone close to us, maybe a family member, maybe someone in a relationship, in a marriage, what, whatever it is, um, even as a parent or to our parents, we, we desire that. We desire some level of wanting that approval, wanting that acceptance. And I think even it goes beyond that sometimes, even like a cultural norm that we don't really want to push too far against the cultural norms and the things that are accepted, the things that are just generally said, hey, this is the way things should go. This is what is right. This is what is wrong. And we don't really want to disagree and rub against that and rock the boat and draw attention to us. Now, some of you are like, Brian, you're not speaking my language at all. Because like, forget all of them, because this is how it's going to work. And I don't care. Now, I know that sometimes how people feel, but by and large, I think if we're honest, a lot of us, maybe most of us, really do care what other people think. Sometimes that's not a bad thing at all. Sometimes it's great to have expectations and meet the expectations of others or a boss or a spouse or your boss is your spouse. No, I'm just kidding. Your spouse is your boss. I'm just messing. Just, Caleb, delete that part. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we really need to get back live again because these rabbit trails just not are fun. Not as fun without you guys in the room. That day is coming. Hold on. But it's really something I think that is wired inside of us to need the approval or want or desire the approval or to please others. Now, I think this is important for us uh, that as Christ followers, we begin to ask ourselves and maybe a little bit of a shift in the way that we think, or maybe you've never even had this thought before, but 
in the search and the approval of others, where does that leave us in the need for approval from God? Have you ever really thought about that? Have you ever really thought about maybe, you know, needing the approval or thinking that you're pleasing God in the decisions, the actions, the things that we do, the choices that we make, the way that we treat each other? And that might be something that's really a foreign concept to you. Maybe you never really thought about that. Or maybe you've been on the opposite end of the spectrum where you've been super worried about messing that up. Where you're like, man, I, I can't do anything because I might tick God off and I don't want him to be mad at me. And I think there's a healthy balance here. That is, Christ followers, we got to understand this, that yeah, we want the approval of God. And yeah, sometimes we want the approval of men too. But I think this is really important for us is that we can't please God and please men all at the same time. Now, sometimes that might be the case. It's something you're doing that is pleasing to God that might line up and people might be okay with that. But sometimes that is not the case whatsoever. And I love what Paul says in Galatians chapter 1. And he is a guy, if you read about Paul in the Bible at all, in the New Testament, he wrote uh, quite a bit of the New Testament, a lot of missionary journeys, a lot of leading people to Christ, kind of a rough and tumble kind of guy, an amazing conversion story. Um, This guy was a hellion. I mean, he was a terrible human being, and God totally changed and turned his life around, which gives hope for you and me, right? And so Paul is at this point where he's out preaching, he's teaching, he's telling people about Jesus, the good news, and he kind of comes against this rub. There's a lot of people don't like what Paul is doing. Matter of fact, he kind of follows in the footstep of Jesus in the same way. There's a lot of people that didn't like what Jesus was doing in his day. And Paul certainly personifies this in becoming like Christ. He's doing some things that really rub against culture, rub against even the religious norms, and people like just did not like it. But I like what Paul's stance here in Galatians 1.10. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. See, right here, Paul is kind of drawing a line. He's saying, hey, if I was just simply doing this to make other people happy and like me and like what I was doing, then I would simply be living for their approval. But that's not what I'm trying to do at all. I am simply trying to win the approval of God. I'm trying to listen to what it is he is asking me to do because if I was simply just trying to make other people happy, if I was simply trying to appease and appease people to do what they want from me, then I wouldn't be a servant of Jesus. I wouldn't be following and living the things that he has asked me to do. And I think that's the tension that we have to navigate. And I think in this culture, in this society, maybe more than ever before, there's this tension or this desire to simply fit in and not rock the boat. And even going beyond the trying to prove people that we personally know in our lives, there's this cultural rub where we have to simply agree or fall in line or we're, we're labeled a bigot or a, or a hater or just completely wrong and, and backwards and closed-minded. And I think it's really important that we understand in the spirit of what Paul is saying here. That if we're truly following after Jesus, if we're truly living our life for God, there will be times where those choices to be obedient, to follow after God, to choose to have God's approval may cost us the approval of others. Now, I know for you that might be difficult. For some of you, you're like, yeehaw, bring it on, I can't wait. But for most of us, myself included, it can be very difficult. And we have to ask ourselves this question, whose approval are we seeking? Whose approval are we seeking? See, we're just simply seeking the approval of men and different people, or a different people group, or a culture, or a family member, or a friend, or a co-worker, or we really do want to follow after God. Now, I know for me... Um, 
you know, I don't know if you've ever done something. It's called Strength Finders. It's great. Strength Finders 2.0. There's a book. Um, it's not, you don't even have to really read the book. So most of you are like, oh, I'm in. It's a book I don't have to read. How does that even work? Um, well, I just get the book. You'll find out. There's a little test that you take online. It helps you identify your top five strengths. It's really great. If you're like one of those people who enjoy that, go take it. You'll really love it. If you're one of those people who are like, I hate that dumbest idea ever, go get it. You'll really enjoy it. I promise you, especially if you do it with some other friends or your, your spouse. It's, it's really cool. Or your kids discover these strengths um, and how God's wired you and how those play in your relationships and your work life, all those certain things. And, and for some of us, like me, um, responsibility is one of my strengths. And that's something that was developed. And I recognize that even in my childhood, feeling a high sense of responsibility that even if it wasn't my burden to bear, sometimes I'm like, hey, that responsibility, it's a strength of mine. This is, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to follow through. But I think the shadow side of that sometimes, and maybe you're someone who has a high responsibility in your life too, that's a strength for you. If we're not careful, it becomes a responsibility where we have a fear of letting people down, where we become paralyzed or being like, I have this responsibility and that's a good thing. That's a great strength to have. But if we're not careful, the shadow side of that leads us to the point we're afraid of letting people down or what will people think or how can I not follow through to the point where we'll run ourselves into the ground in order to get the approval of other people. And that's not what God desires from us. That's not why God has given us the strength of responsibility. And we've got to become aware of that in ourselves. And maybe for you, like, that's not a really big deal for me. Maybe you're like, man, Brian, it's like reading my mail today. And I know even beyond the strengths and, and that responsibility, something that even if you don't have that, that many of us can deal with and struggle with is pleasing people. Maybe that's something for you that just seems to always come around to just being a people pleaser and you just, you feel petrified. Matter of fact, the, the thought of someone being displeased or upset with you, you just get a knot and a pit in your stomach. And you just feel sick about it. Like, you haven't even, you don't even know if you're going to let them down. Just even simply the thought of letting that person down just makes you physically sick or ill. And you're like, oh man, I just, you just so desire to win people. If you so desire for people to, to make them happy. And now there can be, you know, there can be good sides to that. There could be good things, but just truly at the core of it, we can't live our lives with the desire of just pleasing people. Because if we do that, we're just going to simply run ourselves in the ground and beyond that, friends, beyond trying to please Please other people. And here's something that's really important. Being a people pleaser can plead over into our thought life and how we feel about in our relationship with God. That we feel like if we just don't do everything right or if we make one misstep, then God's going to cut us off and want nothing to do with us. That we don't deserve a relationship with Jesus. That I, don't, I can't go to church, all these guilt, all these mind games, because we just feel that we can't live up to the expectations that God has on us. And can I just reassure you and give you some peace today that God does not feel that way about you. That God doesn't want that from him. He doesn't want you feeling that you have to do everything right and make one misstep and you're out the door. No, that is not who our God is. Our God is full of grace and mercy. That's why he sent his son Jesus to pay the price for our sins and our mistakes because he loves you and he wants relationship for you. And friends, he knows that we're going to mess up. He knows that we're going to mis make mistakes and he chooses to love us anyway. And Jesus gave his life for us even while we were still sinners, even when we weren't living for him. That's the kind of love he has for us. And if he loved us in that much to make that decision for us, even before he knew that we would make the decision to follow him, that we have that free will and that choice, how much more after we say yes to relationship with Jesus, is he, he going to have that grace and that mercy for us?
And so friends, we got to get to that point of living for the approval of God, but not getting to a point where we're so fearful that there is, there is this thing called grace. There is this thing called mercy. So I don't want this idea of living for the approval of God to cripple us in another way instead of just being afraid of what people are going to think. Now we're afraid of what God's going to think. No, it's just coming down to this idea of who are we truly trying to get our approval from. And if we are not careful, we can find ourselves in a situation trying to get the approval of men instead of the approval of God. I have found this out. If you've led anything, you know this is to be true. And I've really found this through true in pastoring and, and leading a church and especially planting a church. It's, it's so easy to simply in these last couple of years base all the decisions and, and be really desiring to follow after God. Saying, God, what it is, where are you leading us? How, how should we start this church? What should things look like? What, you know, how should we lead people to Jesus? All these systems, all these teams, all these people, and really just at the core of it, wanting to desire to, to make God happy, to please him, to follow the commission and the calling that he's put on our life. And sometimes it really rubs up against because you don't want people to be displeased. Let me let you into a little window of so many pastor souls that I know there's like this fear of like, who are we going to take off this week in the church? And most healthy pastors, I know that's not their desire. If it is, they've got something going on. But I know so many great men and women of God who are desiring to follow after God and make decisions to please God. And inadvertently, we have expectations. We let people down. We fail them. We have a choice that we have to make that we can either choose what God wants or we can just simply live for the approval of men. And friend, I want to do my best and I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail. I'm going to drop the ball. But I want to do my best to live my life and lead by example and living for the approval of God and being obedient to what he is calling us to do. And friends, this affects every area of our life. Even if you don't do ministry, that if you're in a marriage relationship, that sometimes it can become easier to simply live for the approval of your spouse than it is for the approval of God. And we become fearful of trying to do things and follow him and set an example and live a godly life because we don't want to make our spouse mad or we don't want to let them down or whatever it is, that approval that we're trying to seek. This happens even as a parent. If you have kids, sometimes we're like, we'd rather have the approval of our kids than truly parent them because discipline is hard. Discipline is uncomfortable. It's not something that parents enjoy to do. It's hard to do. Why? Because we love our kids. But parents, our kids don't need a friend. They need a parent. They need someone who's going to love them enough to put the restrictions to initiate the discipline. Why? Because we love them. But sometimes it's easier just to simply want the approval instead of following through what God calls us to do to raise our children to know and love him. And so it's really important that we understand this. And maybe it's not a parent. Maybe it's not a child. Maybe it's a friend or a family member. Whatever it is, you can fill in the blank. There's so many different relationships that we can seek approval from and we can miss out on the very thing that God is calling and asking us to do. And even beyond all of that, even if it's not a friend, a parent, a family member, husband, wife, whatever it is, there is that tension that we mentioned that is all about culture. And when we try to push up against that culture and do something, especially in this day and age, oh man, don't even get me started, especially in a cancel culture where everyone's just so afraid to do anything or say anything that might just ruffle feathers or come be even perceived as being the wrong thing in the moment. Friends, I got to tell you that even in a culture that tries to dictate to us how we're supposed to live our lives, we as Christ followers have a responsibility to understand what the word of God, how the Bible has called us to challenge us to live. And even if it goes against culture, and let me tell you something, it might be a newsflash that if you're living for God, if you're truly following after him, then our lives, our decisions, our reactions, our choices are going to look different than the culture around us. And I know that's going to be hard. Why? 
because we're not going to have the approval of culture. And for some of us, that's really difficult. For some of you, that might be really challenging and hard to hear because you're not trying to make anyone mad. You're not going out there and be like, well, I'm going to follow after God. And because I make these decisions for him, I'm going to really tick everyone off and make them mad at me. And I can't wait to do that. Now, if it's you, I don't think that's right either. That's not the great mindset. The idea is to be following after God. But just because we love God, it doesn't mean we can't love people. It's just that we're choosing to live for God's approval and being obedient to what it is that he is asking us to do. Are we willing to follow God even if it costs us the approval of men? That's a really tough question. I think that's really worth examining. Are we really truly willing to pay the price of laying down the approval of someone else or even a culture to truly have the approval and follow after God. I just want to take a minute and backtrack and talk about something here because I I think sometimes we hear this phrase and it can get a little dicey. A lot of times people following Jesus for a while, we, we start to hear this phrase, well, God told me and God told me to do this and God told me to do that. And now God really does direct our steps. He tells us to do things. But I think if we're not careful, this is something that we've got to really understand. Because if every time you say God told me to do something, it only benefits yourself, it only, it, it only you know, helps your agenda out, it only brings good things your way, it only eases your life and the things that you have to do, it just makes your path clear and easier, then I think if you're truly following after God, that won't always be the case. And if we're not careful, we can allow this God told me thing to be something that we use as a license to abuse and just simply get our way. Now I'm just, I just want to be honest. I know that might be difficult to hear, but here's what I know to be true. Friends, the more you follow after Jesus, the more it's going to require you to die to yourself and cause you to have to surrender your own wants, needs, and desires. Does that mean God doesn't want us to have good things? No. God is a good father who wants to bless us and he wants to have, give us, he said, hey, I want you to live life and live it to the fullest. This life is a blessing. But we got to understand the more that we follow after him, the more we become like Christ, the more we're going to have to surrender and give up of our own will and our desires. And more often than not, the closer you're following Jesus, when the phrase God told me or here's what I feel God is calling me or told me to do, it's typically going to cost you something more than it's going to benefit you. I know that might be hard to hear, but it's the truth. Matter of fact, take a look at what Jesus himself said. These are his words. You want to get mad? Get mad at Jesus. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow after me, Jesus is saying, hey, this is not going to be easy. This isn't about you getting everything you want. I think somewhere along the line in Western Christianity, it all became about God just becoming about giving us everything that we want, fulfilling every wish and need and our desire. And God wants to bless us. But friends, Jesus, the words here himself, you got to give up your own way, pick up your cross. What's the cross? It's a death instrument that you're going to be put to death on, a brutal, terrible death. You're going to have to pick that up and you're going to have to follow after me. Friends, I think sometimes it's so important for us to understand that when we are living for God's approval, we want to to please God when we understand that it's not just the approval of others that we have to be denying, it's the approval of ourself that we have to deny. And don't miss that. It's not just simply about the approval of other men. It's the approval of ourselves. And the closer we get to following after Jesus, the more we'll have to surrender our will, our desires. Jesus couldn't have set a better example for this. At the end of his time here on earth, he's, he's in the garden, he's praying. He's with his closest followers who can't even stay awake to pray with him. 
And in this moment, Jesus prays an agonizing prayer. He's like, Father God, if there is any other way, if there's any other way that this could happen, but let your will be done, not mine. He surrenders his will. He surrenders his desire to the Father, knowing that God's ultimate will and desire for him was to have to go through something agonizing, go through something brutal, the physical torment, but even worse than that, knowing that his Father God was going to have to look away from him because of the sin that he was going to have to bear and take on for our mistakes and failures. Friends, make no mistake about it. There will be things that we have to surrender. And the closer that we are following after Jesus, yes, we will disappoint others. And yes, people won't always understand and give us their approval. But there will be times ourselves we'll have to deny even the things that we are wanting and desiring. And that's not an easy thing when we're talking about following after Jesus. But I promise you, it's the greatest thing that we can choose to do. So why is pleasing God such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal over ourselves or over culture or other men? Why is it so important that we do this? And just two quick things I want to share with you as we're wrapping up. The first one is this. God's blessings follow obedience. So we have to ask ourselves something. Do we want the blessings of men? Or do we want the blessings of God? I don't know about you, but I know when we make get the approval of men, that might just get us some accolades, might get us some things that they can do for us. But if I can choose what some person can do for me or what my God, who has infinite ability and power, what he can do for us, I, I think all of us would probably choose what God can do for us. But we got to understand that obedience to God unlocks the blessings for us in his life, that God is not going to back out on the things and the promises that he has given us in his word. But we've got to choose to follow through and be obedient to the things that he is asking us to do. And so when we live for the approval of men instead of for the approval of God, we might get man's blessing. We might get the door that they're able to open for us. We might be able to get the thing that they're able to do for us. But we miss out on the thing that God, only God, can do for us in that situation. Proverbs 29, 25 says this, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing men is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. See, friends, one day every single one of us are going to give account to God for all of our actions. We're going to stand before him and he's going to ask us about everything. We're going to have to give account and why we decided the things to do. And you know we're not, we're not going to be able to do? Well, I didn't want to do it or I did because I was afraid of what someone would say or I was trying to get their approval. I didn't want to tick them off. I didn't want to make them mad. I wanted to disappoint them. I didn't want to rock the boat culturally. I wanted people to think that I was a good person and I wasn't a bigot and I didn't hate them. See, friends, we're going to stand before God and have to give account for everything. And at that day, it's not going to be about the approval of men. It's going to be about what God thinks about us in that moment. Now, is that some big judgment and scary thing? No, it's just the reality. We've got to understand this, that fearing people is a dangerous trap. It's not going to lead us to the peace that we need, but trusting the Lord means safety, which leads me to the second point, that pleasing God is simply choosing to trust him. Now, don't miss this. I'm going to emphasize this again because it's really important. If you missed everything else and you checked out like a dirty cup at the beginning and you're back now after dunning in your cereal or whatever, here you are. Here, you've got to get this. Pleasing God is choosing to trust him. Why does God want us to please him? Is it all just simply about running around and being a people pleaser, being a God pleaser? No, 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 no. See, at the end of the day, God wants us to trust him. And the greatest way that you can please God, the greatest way that you can get his approval is simply choosing to trust him. And we are obedient to God instead of being worried about what other people think, instead of being just all about ourselves, our needs and our desires. And we simply choose to trust him. This is the greatest act of worship that we can do to honor God. 
And at the end of the day, this is simply what God wants from us. When we please him, we are choosing to trust him. When we live the way that he asks us to live in his word, we're saying we trust him. What does this look like? Well, sometimes, yeah, it's those big life decisions. Sometimes it's those big things, you know, and praying about, should I marry this person? Should I relocate here? Should I take this job? Should I go into ministry? And sometimes I've seen this as, as a youth pastor. I would see this sometimes where, you know, a teen would get to that point where they're graduating high school, deciding what they want to do. And maybe there was one expectation for what they were going to do, where they were going to go to school, what they were going to achieve. And sometimes God begins to do a work in their heart and they feel God calling them to something different. Maybe he feels they've they've even felt called to doing something in ministry or missions or going to a different school or attending a Christian college that was not really in the realm of what the expectation was. They just feel that's something that God is calling them to or calling them to lay down a relationship. And, And I know sometimes that could be hard and that could be difficult, especially for a parent when you have an expectation on your child, but sometimes that happens in those big life choices where we have to choose to be obedient to what it is that God is calling us to do and say, I know this might be letting someone down. I might, this news looks different than what the plan was, but at the end of the day, we're choosing to be obedient and trust the things that God has called us to do. Sometimes it's not those big life decisions, but it's even in the everyday small things. It's how God asks us to live in his word. And sometimes this happens even with something as simple as forgiveness. That God asks us to forgive others. Matter of fact, he says, I have forgiven you, so you have to forgive others. He he set the example. We can't just simply live a life and saying, you know what they did? I can't do it. God's simply saying, are you going to choose to trust me and love me and get his approval by forgiving others? Maybe even something is um, difficult in our sexuality, even with our bodies. Are we choosing to really trust God? That God invented sex. It's something that he believes is good. That it's supposed to be in the confines of a man or a woman in marriage. That's something that he has blessed us with to enjoy. And anything outside of that is outside of his plan. And so when we do anything outside of that in that context, then it becomes something that is no longer honoring to God outside its original design and intent. Are we choosing to trust God and say, God, I trust you that this is what you've created and how you want us to enjoy it? Or are we simply wanting to approve it and do it something ourselves or get the approval of others? Maybe it's with our resources, our finances, or whatever it is, just fill in the blank for you. But we've got to simply sometimes being obedient to God will go against the approval of others. It will go against the approval of culture. It will even go against the needs and desires of wants of ourself. Are we really truly willing to go there? Are we willing to deny ourselves regardless of what others will think? By doing this, we are truly showing God that we trust him. See, friends, I truly believe that some of us need to begin to live our lives with the free, get freedom from the fear of the approval of men and just being paralyzed and not able to truly dive in and live the way that God wants us to because we're afraid of what other people will think. And just as we wrap up Galatians 1.10 one more time, let these words really sink in from Paul. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. See, friends, today I truly believe that we have to decide in our heart and follow through with our actions, that we are going to choose to trust God and live for the approval of nail-scarred hands. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I thank you that even though this may be difficult, God, may we be reminded in this moment, Lord, that we are living for your glory. God, that we are choosing to live our life in such a way that brings you praise and honor. And the greatest way that we can do that is choosing to trust you. 
God, I just even pray for those today who may be watching or listening and may just really be struggling with this. God, who know that you've called them to do some things or know that they're not living right with you and maybe doing some things that are not quite lining up with the word of God. God, I just pray that you would just give them the ability, the strength, the desire, Father, to be able to follow through and say, you know what, that they're going to follow through and live for your approval, live to trust you. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for the blessings that come when we choose to be obedient to you. God, I truly pray, pray, starting with me, God, that we would live our lives in such a way that, God, even though if it goes against culture, even if though we don't get the approval of men, even if people don't stand and applaud us and say, wow, that's so great that they're living for God, that we would truly seek at the end of the day to live for you and follow you and be obedient to what it is that you are calling us to do. God, I pray that you would even help us as we have to deny ourselves. God, as difficult as that can be, God, that we would pick up that cross and follow you. And God, recognizing sometimes that might cost us something, but oh Lord, the blessing on the other side, the amazingness of even if we didn't receive anything, of being the honor of laying down our life to bring you glory and honor. Lord, let us live in that space. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you here with us. Don't hesitate to reach out and let us know how we can be praying for you. We love you guys. I look forward to connecting again real soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.